Welcome to Decoding Superhuman. This show is a deep dive into obsessions with health, performance, and how to elevate the human experience. I explore the latest tools, science, and technology with experts in various fields of human optimization. This is your host, Boomer Anderson. Enjoy the journey. What's up, what's up, what's up, superhumans? It's Boomer, and we are back today with what is becoming a recurring topic on the podcast, actually somewhat of a recurring topic, and that is sauna and photobiomodulation. My guest today is Johannes Kettlehod, and we're talking today about all things sauna. We talk about the differences between Finnish, Latvian, and so many other traditional saunas, including the Russian banya, and a little bit about my experiences opening the kimono, literally, if you will, uh, with European saunas. And so we get into that. We get into the benefits of sauna, which include everything from how to mimic exercise using the sauna to things like heat shock proteins and, of course, the oh-so-popular niacin flush. The show notes for this one are going to be at decodingsuperhuman.com slash clearlight. That's C-L-E-A-R light, L-I-G-H-T. Enjoy my discussion with Johannes. You may have guessed it, but the sponsor for this podcast is, of course, Clearlight. And I think there's a lot to be said about someone who recommends a device, a technology, a scientific article to their parents. And if you go to my parents' home, and you've probably seen photos of me in this thing on Instagram, etc., you will find a Clearlight sauna. And it's something that I did a lot of research on before they purchased it. So of course, I'm happy to have Johannes on the show, but let's just say I really like their, their technology. You can get a discount on one of these by using the code BOOMER at their website. So head on over to Clearlight International's website, use the code BOOMER, and depending on what jurisdiction you're in, whether that be the US, Europe, or of course, Great Britain, now that you guys are separated from Europe, you will get a super, super discount on whatever sale price that they already have. So use the code BOOMER, that's B-O-O-M-E-R, and you will get an amazing discount on your sauna, which I love. All right, so before we jump into the interview today, let's give a huge, huge shout out to Nina007, that's N-Y-N-A-007 from the United Kingdom, saying, hugely insightful. I've recently started reading David Allen's book, so it was awesome to stumble upon a podcast that had to go into his style in further detail. Boomer has incredibly engaging interview style as well. Well, that's absolutely flattering, Nina007, and thank you for the five-star review. If you happen to want to leave a five-star review as well, head on over to iTunes, and as you can see, I'm choosing one each week with each podcast and giving you guys a shout out because I really, really appreciate it. Let's go back to that show with Johannes, shall we? Johannes, my friend, I know this conversation has uh, been a long time coming, so I'm glad we're able to have it. 
finally, hey, I think, uh, yeah, felt it felt we could have done it earlier, but I think maybe it wasn't happen. It wasn't supposed to happen. But I'm really stoked to be here on the podcast with you. Yeah, everything happens for a reason, and yeah. you know, it's it's a little windy outside, so I'm actually craving a sauna today, yeah. and so maybe that's maybe that's just the signal. Right? I agree. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So for everybody listening out here, as I stumble over my words, we're going to be talking about saunas and specifically the product that you sell, but we're going to differentiate both um, of many different kinds. And so if you don't mind, Johannes, I want to lay the framework for people as to the different types of saunas available because we're here in Europe. Um, that means that the Finns try to dominate the sauna market. Mm-hmm. But there's also uh, the br- vast portion of the audience. I will get my verbal fluency back by the end of this episode. The <laughs> vast portion of the audience uh, is from the U.S. And so far and near infrared are something that we should definitely differentiate from. So do you mind just kind of laying out the landscape, if you will, as to what's going on in sauna land, like what are the differenti- differentials between uh, finish and then the infrared types? Sure. I think um, most of you might actually know that saunas itself have been around for hundreds, if not thousands of years. I think if you go back actually um, you know, several decades, you would have first encountered saunas as so-called sweat lodges which is, you know, certainly in America, the ancient Indians, um, you know, they were sort of building a tent, we were laying hot rocks in with hot water. It's a rite of passage, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, you know, I think it's just tremendously important and I think it has a tremendous history. So I'm, I'm always, that's sort of my passion is to really celebrate that because, you know, it's not like a modern invention, say, you know, such like Tesla that brought in a lot of innovation, but it's actually a more ancient tradition. And I think uh, that to me is at, at, you know, certainly the first encounter of a sauna. And then you had the Russians with the Abanya, right? So you see in all these different cultures, you actually see some sort of saunas. Um, and certainly the Finns, you know, I think, what, what did I hear? I think they have like 2 million saunas uh, for the entire population of Finland, which I believe is less than 10 million. I, am, yeah. I should have done, I should have checked the population here, but um, uh, it's, it's fine. I got it wrong live on a okay. podcast before. So I thought it was like, I thought it was like one sauna for every two fins, but I, I was wrong. Not so quite. It's, okay. Yeah. It's not quite that. Yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a substantial number. And I think yeah. certainly if you go to Finland, you know, you'll have shared saunas in every apartment. And um, it just strikes me that, you know, this sauna has such a cultural value when it comes to that. So I think if you, if you sort of want to start on a really high level nowadays, you would sort of have the finish, the dry rock saunas, the hot saunas on one hand, and the more sort of um, gentle saunas, such as infrared saunas, which we're going to talk about on the other hand. Um, and as I mentioned before, the dry or hot rock saunas is basically, it's a room. It's, you know, often you have sort of wood panels on the inside. It's nicely insulated. You have a couple of benches to sit or lie down. And you have a central oven, pretty much often in the center. Um, and this, you know, basically creates hot air. You can sort of pour water on it and you'll have moisture and steam, etc. but it'll also increase the temperatures. And in terms of temperature, we're sort of talking between 60 to 110 Celsius. I'll leave you to probably calculate that to Fahrenheit, but it's, uh, it mm-hmm. gets pretty hot for most, too hot actually for some people. 
Um, and you, you know, you do that sort of two to three times uh, for 10 to 15 minutes. And that's how I grew up in northern Germany. So, you know, Germany certainly has a very strong sauna culture with public saunas. You know, we used to go there two to three times a week with my dad, sometimes with my mom and the, and the entire family would just go on a weekend. Um, and then on the other hand, you have an infrared sauna, which as the term says, it's still a sauna, but heat is actually not produced through this hot oven element, but it has infrared heating panels. These are you know, panels built into the wall of the sauna. They can be made out of different materials. Some are carbon, some are ceramic, some are magnesium oxide. Really depends. You know, every manufacturer, I guess, has its own claims of you know, why this material is superior. But basically, you're sitting inside. You ideally have infrared heat is all around you, 360 degrees heat. Um, and then instead of producing actually hot air, infrared is a wavelength it's again it's part of the invisible light spectrum um, mm -hmm. but it's actually more like a heat wave so imagine you're sort of sitting in front of a bonfire and you feel this really nice warmth being emitted off the fire that's sort of infrared in some way and that's sort of the effect that you're actually using in an infrared sauna just pretty much all all around you so instead of having hot air um, you're sitting in there the infrared heat gets absorbed by your body it takes a little bit longer to actually to use a sauna to heat up so, you know often 20 to 45 minutes and you pretty much create the 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 heat from the inside out so um, you know heat is being absorbed by your body uh, you sort of generally increase in temperature your you know heart rate goes up etc and then over time you create an artificial fever what's you know called as induced hypothermia um, and over time your sweat glances open up and you start sweating because your body has to cool itself down so that's you know it's a fundamental difference i guess especially comes in terms of how the heat is produced and what makes you sweat and that's probably the like really big picture uh distinguishing between those two sauna types so uh, i want to drill down on a couple of things because uh we probably have a few mutual friends both on both sides of the spectrum right yep. um and there's somewhat of a claim out there that one is better than the other is is it true that fin, Finnish saunas are better than infrared or vice versa? Uh, how do we delineate between that? Really good question. And I don't really think it's a simple yes or no answer. I think, you know, for someone who grew up with traditional Finnish saunas, it's pretty hard to convince them of an infrared sauna. Yeah, there's Unless always that, the emotional attachment. Emotional, right? cultural attachment, you know, the feeling of, you know, you being in the sauna as a child and remembering that. So yeah. I think unless someone actually really looks into research um, on either of those two types, they will probably swing more towards one or the other. Um, and I, you know, my personal opinion is that I'm, I'm a fan of infrared sauna. I mean, I'm obviously heavily biased. Um, we'll talk about that a bit later. Um, but I still enjoy my traditional Finnish sauna when I'm, you know, when I, you know, go to a public sauna space. I think both have their place. Both have certain advantages and disadvantages, you know, especially when mm -hmm. it comes to home use, commercial use, electricity consumption, EMF radiation, which we're all going to talk about. Um, but I think what is really important is to say that both topics are quite thoroughly being researched at the moment. And yeah. up to now, the majority of research has actually gone into traditional saunas. So we've had this massive um, uh, sauna 
Corner, I guess, that came out uh, last year. It was a long-term study with over 20 years um, looking at men. And, you know, one of the key conclusions was if someone goes into a traditional sauna four to seven times a week, um, I think the risk of all mortalities dropped by 20 to 30%, right? And that's, wow. a, that's like a massive gain in terms of longevity. But I think the question, and, and there's probably no scientific evidence on this, I mean, especially I haven't seen that, is, mm-hmm. uh, you know, whether you'll achieve the same effect with an infrared sauna. Infrared saunas are fairly new. You know, most manufacturers have maybe have maybe been around 20 to 25 years. That's why you don't really have these long-term studies that you have with traditional saunas. I'm, I'm sure they will come out, and I'm sure we'll see so, lots of synergies between those two different types of saunas and the way they contribute mm-hmm. heat and, you know, overall well-being in terms of longevity. Um, but I think, you know, both have its place. Um, traditional saunas probably have a lot more scientific background, whereas yeah. more modern research when it comes to detoxification, uh, you know, human uh, HGH, human growth hormone stuff, that's probably all more linked to infrared saunas, I would say. So to me, it's not a yes or no. It's both have their place and will have their place. You had you just said a three letter word that's gonna like perk some ears up to all the men that follow people like Dwayne Johnson are like how how does he do this stuff with human growth hormone? But right. uh, before we get into that, let's set the scene for what a traditional sauna experience looks like in Europe because most of this listener base is in the United States. Yep. We're talking the full on nude experience, right? Like I'm yep. going towel off, showing my my. Twig and berries, for lack of a better word, the yeah. world, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, just, cool. yeah. So, did you want to have like a quick intro on the normal saunas? Or? Yeah, yeah, we we can go through it. Just okay. sort of like what what the experience is like yeah. and why yeah. you know if if there was an American listening to this saying like, hey, I should try this, but I'm a little scared. Why you shouldn't be? Yeah, sure. Look, I think the the beautiful thing about the sauna culture and the sauna experience is that usually if you go to a public place, at least in Europe, you'll have a selection or a range of different saunas that you can try. So quite often you'll have like a soft entry sauna, sort of which is between 60 60 to 70 Celsius, which is quite moderate. So, you know, you don't have that uh, stepping into the sauna, feeling almost dizzy because the the air is so hot. Um, So I'd probably start with that and just seeing how you can tolerate the heat. I think, you know, some people always can stand heat a lot easier easier um you know others i guess really struggle breathing in hot air and they feel a little dizzy when they you know get to that experience and then you know if you sort of can stand heat quite nicely probably do 90 to 100 celsius which is quite extreme um in terms of heat so if you're not used to that. 100 celsius is boiling water right like, yeah, but it doesn't quite feel like that. It doesn't quite yeah. feel like it. I mean, it still feels like really hot air, but obviously by you staying in there for, you know, five to 15 minutes, you, your body actually gets used to that. And Rhonda Patrick refers to this as like a heat stress or hypothermic conditioning, um, mm-hmm. which, you know, is really the exercise of exposing yourself to heat. So um, in some way, we're obviously stimulating the system, which, uh, you know, is challenging at times because your heart rate goes up and, you know, everything sort of happens a lot faster in the body. Um, but you're also able to relax because it's a really nice and quiet environment. You know, muscles relax, oxygen flow is being increased. So actually, you know, what happens on a metabolic level 
it's pretty amazing and it's pretty incredible what happens. But actually, yeah. what you have, what what happens to you is you come out of that fight and flight mode. You know, like there's no ha- there's no mobile phone, there are no notifications, there's no family traumas or stress. But it's actually like a sanctuary space where you just you know just go in, forget about everything else, and you're being challenged because of this heat environment. Um, so therefore, you know, if if you get to if you if you have the chance to go to like a, a public sauna, whether it's a sort of a spa or in your gym, you know, do that and you know, don't be afraid of the heat, but much rather, you know, go in there and if you can't stand it anymore, go out, you know, don't force yourself to do 15 or 20 minutes in the beginning, you know, even yeah. five minutes is fine for now. And the next time you go in, maybe try seven minutes. Um, so, you know, it's, it's similar to exercise. You have to train your body to get used to that heat or similar to ice, ice bathing, you know, no one has just done a cold plunge for five minutes without practicing it beforehand, I reckon. So, you know, yeah, of course, give yourself a break and, you know, enjoy actually being challenged while relaxing on a, on a sort of mental level. Yeah. And for those out there who want to try and bring their cell phone in as a person who's done that before, mm. uh, you you will fry your cell phone pretty quickly or yeah. you'll at least get that heat warning. Yeah. So just just leave it out and detach yeah. yourself for a little bit. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, Johannes, I want to go into the infrared spectrum now because uh, near and far are... What we've, what we've come to know is sort of the two options available, right? And yeah. do you mind just kind of deciphering sure. for us what yeah. the benefits of each are? Yeah, I'll probably um, even go a step back and actually say yeah. sort of what we have. So um, we have near, middle, and far infrared. So, yeah. and this is basically the, the spectrum of of infrared. You know, it's the same when you have ultraviolet, you have ultraviolet B, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that's the same with infrared. And Every type of infrared, although it is infrared and although it's sort of a heat wave, it, it works different when it hits the body or when it hits an object. So the most gentle uh, infrared heat and the, the, you know, the type of infrared that's also been around the longest is, is called far infrared. Um, it's a shorter wavelength. No, it's a lot. Sorry, excuse me. It's a, it's a longer wavelength that is very gentle on the body. So um, you know, when when we sort of speak about infrared, we always you know, we always think about, okay, how deeply does it penetrate the body? How deeply is the heat being absorbed? Is it, you know, just the upper skin layers? Is it sort of muscle or, uh, you know, even joints uh, sort of level? Um, or is it sort of more on the, on the surface? And fine thread is very gentle. Um, you know, it doesn't go through the skin. It basically works by, uh, you know, I guess it's in some way it's a thermal energy that hits the skin, that hits the water molecules inside your skin, and they start vibrating. So the thermal energy being induced, everything starts vibrating, and over time you obviously gradually heat up because the water in your body heats up. Um, and it's you know it's there's a thing that's called a resonance frequency. Now I'm not a f- physicist, I haven't done a PhD, I'm an engineer, but um, this you know this aspect of um, of resonance frequency is quite quite logical and if you don't mind i'd I'd quickly explain that so please dive in some of you might have actually known that um or you might have actually felt that as well that if you have say 10 people in the room you don't have the window open people generate a lot of heat i think you know and when i was at uni we learned that i think a human a human individual has like a heat output of 60 watts and the way heat is being emitted from that person is also through infrared it's actually far infrared <clears throat> and research has shown that what we call the human uh, wavelength so the bio wavelength is a frequency of 9.4 microns this is a physical unit but it's part of the far infrared spectrum 
Uh, and what we've done as a manufacturer is we thought, okay, you know, we know that resonance frequency exists. Let's produce a heater that actually creates or that mimics the same output so that you create a resonant frequency. So what it means is if you have heat coming in on one hand and you have so you have heat, heat frequency on one side and you have another heat frequency on the other side that have the same frequency, they overlay and enhance each other. So that's you know what we use in fire infrared and why fire infrared sauna's, although it's a rather gentle heat, still make you sweat because it's you know that resonant frequency effect. Mm-hmm. Moving on, middle infrared, slightly different spectrum, a little bit more intense, um, and it doesn't quite penetrate to joints or muscles, but it sort of goes through the upper skin layers and therefore obviously increases your core temperature. Mm-hmm. And then you have near infrared, um, which is the most intense uh, form of infrared. It's a very short but high energy wavelength that sort of goes through the skin layers and penetrates muscles, tissues, and joints. So people, for instance, who have any issues with the stiffness or muscle injury, um, you know, near infrared is or has shown actually to, to be superior when it comes to tissue healing, you know, relaxation on a on a really deep penetration level. Okay, so we, we've gone through that, and thank you for laying that out because that kind of sets the stage for further discussion. Yeah, um, one of the benefits that we continue to hear about when it comes to sauna use is heat shock proteins. Uh, do these come out of a particular part of that spectrum or which if we wanted to generate heat shock proteins, uh, and maybe it's worth defining those first. Mm-hmm. And then if we wanted to generate them, what part of the spectrum should we be looking for? Sure. I think, um, for those of you who don't know, I mean, heat shock proteins, as, as the name says, it's a, it's a form of a protein that exists inside the body, um, that is being, activated or certainly also produced through genome expression when we are encountered or when we have a high heat exposure. Similar to when you have cold shock proteins, you know, through ice bathing, it's sort of the same just for heat. And the interesting thing about heat shock proteins is really that, um, you know, it, it is a protein and in some way it's really supporting all the other proteins that we have inside the cell. So I think Rhonda Patrick, um, she's done excellent studies and videos on there really yeah. expressing that heat shock proteins are amazing for so many different reasons and i think we could probably do a podcast on that alone um, but we're probably <laughs> both not researchers on that on that sort of deep level but um briefly what they do is they um they support and enhance the three-dimensional structure of a protein so what research has shown is that if people actually suffer from diseases and it's probably true for most of the diseases that the cell frequency of our cells actually changes and we actually see on a microscopic level that you know some cells have a rather healthy frequencies and others don't. Now, we have a very similar effect when it comes to proteins. So the proteins in a cell obviously give you an indication of how healthy the cell or the protein actually really is. And if we can become sick, they sort of lose their three-dimensional structure. And that's where heat shock proteins come in. They're being sort of induced uh, and activated by heat and therefore support all the other proteins uh, in their sort of healthy conditioning, which Mm -hmm. in hindsight actually is related to longevity because if we knew that, you know, we can pretty much improve the health of our proteins and and cells, we can, uh, you know, we can 
I think we overall help the body in terms of longevity and and a, and a healthy state on a um, on a metabolic level. Now this becomes mm-hmm. really I think technical when it comes to frequencies of cells and stuff, but in general they sort of little helpers inside the body that support all the other proteins. And what is amazing about those is that once they're activated, it's not it's not that um, you know they'll be deactivated if you don't use a sauna every day. But research has actually shown that you know once you have this heat inducement that can actually be around for four to six weeks and really sort of leaving a positive uh, impression or a positive effect on your cells. Although wow, so, it's pretty impressive. So like a simple, like a simple protocol. I mean, even just going once has yeah. somewhat of a lasting benefit. I, I agree. Like, I think in terms of heat-choke proteins, you know, it, it, it will definitely leave an impact. Now, whether you can link back heat check proteins to infrared saunas itself, that's I think that's one of the most exciting elements about research nowadays. Because yeah. most of these most of the research that has been done on heat check proteins was done with traditional Finnish saunas, which, you know, did leave um participants exposed, I think, to ten to ten to twenty or twenty-five minutes with a heat of hundred Celsius approximately. Um and therefore you can't really link it back to the different infrared spectrums. What is you know what is i think agreed is that a higher temperature so a higher core temperature so that you know if you're exposed obviously to a high temperature sauna then over time because you sweat because you sweat profusely your core temperature goes up and you'll have the same effect in an infrared sauna now what i'm yet to experience on my private level is actually seeing okay how does my core temperature change when i do 20 minutes in a traditional sauna versus 45 or 60 minutes possibly even in an infrared sauna i'm fairly confident that you probably see a similar increase and core temperature, which is why mm-hmm. I believe that the human growth, uh, sorry, the uh, heat shock protein aspect is very similar in infrared sauna. But I haven't seen much research, much research out there, which is uh, which is a pity. Um, but obviously, also an opportunity for just really more knowledge in that space. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll get into protocols in a little bit, but I want to earmark this one about timing. So mm-hmm. using. Uh, finished saunas versus infrared. We'll we'll talk about this in a little bit. Sure. Uh, human growth hormone is a fascinating conversation, especially with all of this the recent work that's come out about biological age and yep. just the role that growth hormone has played in some of those studies. Yeah. And saunas as a benefit to growth hormone is there. Is there a right type of sauna for this? Is it a universal benefit or is there more benefit from, let's say, far infrared? All right. So this episode is about saunas, of course. And one of the features I love about the clear light is that I am able to adjust the light spectrum that I get within the sauna. And there's something to be said about color therapy if you go into Alexander Wunsch's episode on this podcast. But one of the spectrums of light that is the diva of the light world, and I mean diva, like Madonna kind of thing, is blue light. And blue light will indeed screw up your sleep if you tend to use too much of it late in the evening. And so how do I equip myself so that I can keep working a little bit later than the average working day? I use blue blocks. And so head on over to blueblocks.com. That's B-L-U-B-L-O-X. And Andy Mant has been on the show before. I like his product. I like the diligence he does on his products. And you can get a pair for 15% off using the code DS15. Thank you, guys. And now back to the show. 
good question, Boomer, and I, I don't have the answer to that yet. Um, I think mm -hmm. it's something that I personally just want to read more up on that because um, this this whole topic of uh, HDH is fairly new to me. I know yeah. that we have actually conducted is conducted a study with the University of Binghamton that was more in terms of weight loss. But what they've actually seen is that um, people who are exposed to a far infrared sauna uh, over the course of 12 weeks, um, using it, I think, three to four times a week in the evening for 45 minutes, um, people were measured, and you know, it was it was possible to see an increase in human growth hormone, um, wow. which then in turn <clears throat> led to an to a reduction of body fat, I think, for up to four percent. But that was that was purely with the ambition or with the motivation of weight loss. Um, I think it really calls for another study, which is probably a similar condition, but specifically to look at HDH. Mm -hmm. um, but alongside with that, they actually also saw an, an increase of serum glucose levels. Um, and the okay. hypothesis that they derived from the study, which, um, you know, I guess is proven unless there's an, another hypothesis that sort of counterbalances that is that the higher the loss of body fat and the higher the core temperature during the sauna session was, um, the more or the higher the human growth hormone levels were measured so it's sort of it's a little bit patchy in that sense because um mm -hmm. it's a little bit vague in terms of you know okay what does it actually really mean um, yeah. but that's that was sort of the conclusion of this specific study so and that's why some infrared saunas are sort of you know called uh, weight loss proven because there seems to be something going on with the hdh and the serum glucose levels which in hindsight led to an increase or sorry a reduction of body fat but it's it's a little bit vague so in that study, if you don't mind me asking, sure. what were the key conclusions as it regards to to weight loss? Like you saw a reduction in body fat, you saw an yeah. increase in growth hormone. I'm assuming that means you saw weight loss, but yes. were there controls also around the diet? Uh, no, I think uh, it's a good question. I haven't I haven't seen the the full report. I've just seen the summary. But mm -hmm. I know, what what was interesting is that uh, sauna in the evening. So. Basically, they, they didn't really look at diets. According to the study, it was that both participants, you know, left everything as it is. So, you know, they sort of were living their normal lifestyle. Probably some had a better diet than others. I think it's pretty yeah. challenging to limiting that. But what they saw is that people who used the sauna in the evening had a higher loss of body fat than people using it in the morning. So that okay. was one. There was an interesting uh, conclusion, and also I think they had two groups of people. One was for thirty minutes or twenty-five minutes. The other one was for forty-five minutes, and it was really showing the longer people used the sauna, the higher the core temperature obviously went, uh, and the more body fat loss uh, has has been reported. That's fascinating. I mean, I'm just pontificating here, but like, mm. if you raise growth hormone in the evening and then you sleep, and you, in theory. Maybe there's a correlation there with increased deep sleep or increased growth hormone going into sleep, and that helps your body repair better, and therefore you're able to burn fat more. Um, could be. I that think seems it could also like be that's of, six degrees to Kevin Bacon to me. But yeah, 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 yeah. It's quite complex, hey. If you if you take all these different factors into consideration, yeah. I think the other thing is that I think uh, body temperature spikes up in the evening. So if yeah. you're sort of practicing heat shock you know any sort of heat exposure or heat shock exposure it sort of trains your body i guess to really working with this heat and sort of you know also cooling down afterwards now whether you do a hot shower or a cold shower probably also plays into effect because it regulates mm -hmm. the blood pressure in some way but it just really shows i think that there's still a lot to be learned when it comes to 
you know, infrared saunas versus saunas versus, you know, HDH and, and, and all these different factors. And I'm just fascinated by it. Um, so grateful to be here talking about it, but I still yeah. feel like I'm just, you know, t- tipping the iceberg off of everything that we're yet to know about it. And, and to all those listening, like, there's still a lot of research to be done here, right? Just yeah. as there isn't, we're learning so much at a rapid clip in health in general. And yeah. sauna is definitely one of those spaces. But yeah, I mean, we've mentioned a few characters here today, like Rhonda Patrick, who's, she's done some interesting research about how to mimic exercise with sauna. Yeah. Can, can we delve into that a little bit? Yeah. Sure. I mean, um, yeah, I think she actually, she posted a study on that, but I think there was also a study that came out in Germany last year, which showed exactly that, that, you know, and that was again, using a traditional sauna, not an infrared sauna, um, mm-hmm. but that, you know, using the sauna frequently, you know, pretty much mimics a workout in terms of cardiovascular activity. Mm-hmm. And I think if we just look at what happens is, you know, then, then it actually becomes quite clear because although we're basically just sitting inside the sauna and relaxing, you know, our heart rate starts to beat, you know, I think well, yeah. they've seen up to 140 beats per minute, 150 beats per minute during a sauna session. Now, every one of us who exercises or if you guys who exercise knows that that's quite a high pace in terms of heart rate, um, probably mm-hmm. squash players, you know, which is quite an extreme. They, I think they measure 160, 170. Yeah. So you're getting pretty close to that. Um, and while you're just sitting there, like your heart pumps, oxygen, oxygen flow is being increased, you know, more nutrients are actually being transported to the muscles, which means that, you know, muscle recovery, which we haven't talked about is, is a big thing with, mm-hmm. with saunas and infrared saunas. Um, and in some way, you're also seeing a reduction of uh, blood pressure because obviously the magical word, I guess, is vessel dilation. So you're yeah. basically seeing that your heart pumps basically more blood through the, through the arteries and veins, which means the volume inc- increases because it pumps more. So it's, it's, it's almost like you're training your heart to this extreme heat shock condition, which then, in hindsight, uh, also leaves a positive effect uh, for any sort of cardiac aspects, which is why the study from last year actually showed has shown that you know the risk of cardiovascular diseases i think went down 40 percent um you know if you do it four to seven times a week wow wow four to seven times a week is a lot for most people but still it's uh it's doable it's achievable especially if you have that goal for cardiovascular disease i agree yeah and uh, let's i want to on two more points i want to make on the benefits of this Mm -hmm. uh muscle recovery i am I still consider myself an athlete, even though I haven't competed in sport. Well, I did a marathon last year, but like, cool. you know, I haven't professionally competed in sport in a very long time. Yep. Um, muscle recovery and the use of sauna. How would you characterize that? I think it's part of what I, you know, what I just said earlier, you know, just recently is that if you expose yourself to a sauna environment and, you know, first of all, I think you're coming out of this fight and flight mode, even if you're competing on a high level or you, excuse me, especially then I think you're also exposed to a lot of stress because you have to perform. Right. So I think people don't really talk about that because most of the studies, they sort of just aim on a metabolic level. Okay. What happens actually inside the body? But uh, what I'm a big fan of, of emphasizing is that you just take time to de-stress. You take time to self-nurture and to possibly meditate or just, you know, mm-hmm. just um, quiet your mind, so to speak. So I think mm-hmm. that's certainly one of these effects that we actually see, you know, on a, on a sort of more stress and mental level. But in terms of, of, of muscle and, and, you know, muscle recovery and muscle generation, um, certainly by 
uh, you know, having that increase of oxygen flow, more blood is being transported through the muscles, right? So imagine you've had, you know, an intense workout for an hour, probably high intensity um, weight, weight training, you know, your muscles are pretty much depleted, you know, from nutrients, you can't, you know, can't do anything anymore. Now you're just going in the sauna and you're just relaxing, but what actually happens is blood flow is increased, oxygen is increased, and more nutrients are actually being transported to the muscles, mm-hmm. which is, you know, where you have all these little cells and your help is telling me, okay, hey, this muscle is tired, I need to do something about it, right? So you're almost like cheating, you're, you're almost like cheating the system because you can just speed things up by just going in the sauna. Um, so that's, I think that's certainly when, when it comes to muscle recovery. Um, the interesting bit is, and I, you know, I'm still puzzled by this, but Rhonda Patrick, um, I think she basically posted about it, where they've done a study with uh, long-term distance runners. It wasn't many, yeah. I think it was only 10, you know, six to 10 that they actually looked at. Um, but what was obvious is that they, they had them do two sauna sessions a week right after the running for 30 minutes. Again, it was a traditional sauna. Um, mm-hmm. But what they could see is that after this 12 weeks, the people that used the sauna twice a week or more frequently were able to run an increased distance of 32%, which means compared wow. to their competitors who didn't use the sauna, you know, there was a 32% optimi- optimization just by going in the sauna right after the workout. And I, that's just a, such a powerful number. Um, and that's I really ridiculous. want to understand how exactly this all works, right? Yeah. But it's, it's pretty powerful, which is why we uh, as a company also, we see, you know, lots of top athletes that actually use a sauna or an infrared sauna as part of the workout routine, mm-hmm. as part of their, you know, recovery routine for after a fight or after a workout, after a long run, or even after surfing competitions. Yeah. And I certainly use it myself when I'm training uh, a handful of times a week when I can, you know, it's nice to stack it right after that workout if you have the time. Yeah. Um, but definitely some of the benefits you've noted late in the evening of getting this done. Mm. I mean, just getting it into your regimen overall sounds like a, a great idea. I agree. Can we jump into the detox? Because sure. <laughs> detoxification has, to me, for the longest time, had this really bad. Um, stereotype of being juice cleanses. And I hate that, Mm. but we're talking about like actual detoxification here. And so just walking through a little bit about how that works with saunas. And then I got to ask about the niacin detox. So let's go through detox first and then we'll go into niacin detox. Yeah, sure. I think that was actually when infrared saunas really gained a lot of popularity because there were a few advocates and a few, I think also reports that actually said that infrared saunas can detoxify four to five times more effectively than a traditional sauna. And it sort of works by, well, A, being longer in the sauna, but also you know, be on a on on the fact that infrared works on a more cellular level, right? So we've specifically spoken about far infrared, which seems to be most effective for any any form of detoxification, because you know if we look at where toxins are mostly stored, it's it's pretty much around the organs, right? It's sort of the belly fat, any type of fat under the skin, that's sort of where toxins are being stored, and you know we get so many different. Uh, options i guess of how toxins can actually enter our lives whether it's through food you know through air through pollution you know travel and i think it just becomes quite daunting if you actually understand what what is toxic and how can toxins enter the body right it can basically become a hypochondriac right yeah and and that's that's an interesting one What, what we've seen unfortunately you know we've done a study in the u.s um and sort of actually called for Provence, who said oh you know 
you know, contact us if you if you feel that you have a toxicity, um, so that we can help you become, you know, to detoxify yourself using a protocol. Unfortunately, I think only two percent of the people that called actually had, you know, high high metals or high toxins, right? So <laughs> it's just a bit of a it's a bit of a funny thing, I guess, in society nowadays. Where, as you said, like, you know, is a juice cleanse really a detox? I don't know. Maybe for the mind, but certainly not for the body, right? Yeah. So if, and 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 I think that's you know the whole detox uh, became really powerful with infrared saunas and there's still not a lot of studies out there. There are some studies that actually show how, especially for firefighters uh, who are exposed to a lot of smoke and a lot of toxins through you know through their work simply, um, that cancer rates have skyrocketed, which is why in some or in actually quite a few of these firefighting centers in the US, you actually see the infrared sauna as part of their job protocols. You know, okay. You, you are there, you sort of fight against the fires, you breathe in toxins, and you got to detoxify them to see that. Yeah. And the way I think this works is that toxins are sort of stored in the body fat inside the body, and by, by you know, emitting or by, by having this fire for it being absorbed, everything's sort of been shaken off in, inside the cells. So you have free radicals, you have toxins, it's all stored there, and they're sort of being shaken up um, through the infrared heat and then eliminated through the skin, which is the largest organ uh, of the human body, but also through uh, any sort of excretion, you know, and that's just, I think, where the majority happens. Um, mm-hmm. But it's it's a funny one. Like you see, quite a lot of people say the human body doesn't need to detoxify. You know, all the organs can do everything, and it might be true to some extent. Um, but I think if someone really has like a lot of uh, toxicity uh, inside the body, then you sort of you know you need an external medium, and it's you can't really mimic an infrared sauna. It's pretty challenging to find that in nature, unless you maybe do a you know, uh, a sweat lodge like the ancient Indians, but even yeah, then, a sweat lodge or self rotisserie. But even then, it's not is not nearly as effective because of uh, of innovation and you know the the drive for that. So that's sort of my take on detox. You know, we see, and I you know I don't have any studies for that, but we see a lot of people who come to us and say, "Oh, I have metal toxicity." Who then yeah. actually follow protocols such as the Andy Cutler protocol or the Niacin Detox protocol of Elrond Hubbard, um, and they have tremendous successes. Uh, but then on the other side, you see people who don't believe in that at all, and I think that's really where, again, research has to be done in order to really reach one clear evidence. I believe in that, and I know it works. Um, but the studies out there. Uh, really are quite specific when it comes to one situation or one symptom as opposed to just looking at detox in general. Yeah, I I would love to see those studies get funded, Um, just broader detoxification. Uh, Can we, the niacin protocol is fascinating to me. Uh, First off, the author of it, he a little bit of a controversial figure, but uh, also um, like some of the pictures you see coming out of this stuff Mm. is pretty, pretty gnarly. Yep. So niacin detox, for those who are unfamiliar, how would you describe it? Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think niacin is a vitamin, it's actually vitamin yeah. D3. Um, yep. So starting with that, uh, just to debunk maybe the term here. Um, and this protocol was actually uh, created, I believe, in the 60s. So it's it's been around for quite a long time. But I think it's gained a lot of popularity, certainly in the last couple of years. And there's a huge Facebook group out there with, I don't know, several thousand people that really sort of, you know, practices it and exchanges that. And it seems to work. Otherwise, you know, people wouldn't wouldn't be craving it and wouldn't be joining this group. But basically, this protocol combines niacin, exercise, 
and a sauna, ideally an infrared sauna, in order to detoxify your body. Now, there's certain weeks that you can do it, and obviously over time you're increasing the doses of vitamin B3 or niacin um, that you take inside the body. And for those of you who haven't tried it, when you take niacin at a fairly high doses, um, you get this flush. So yeah, you get you get the Johnny red face, right? Yeah, you get a red face, and it sort of wanders through your body. It starts in your face, into your chest, belly, you know, low, upper legs, lower legs, and it's it's a really bizarre feeling. Um, but by basically by basically exercising prior to the sauna, then taking niacin just shortly before you go into the sauna, and then using the sauna for an extended time, you are you can basically detoxify your body. I haven't done it myself, that's why. I, you know, I can't really, can't really say much about it. It's on my list to do. And I know that um, I think the Finnish biohackers, they, for instance, mentioned it in their biohackers handbook, which is great. Yeah. So um, I believe that it works. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting experience probably, but it seems to be quite effective. Yeah, it's quite effective, or, or I've seen, uh, this mm. is anecdotally, and I'll, I'll, I've seen it be quite effective in people's results uh, for heavy metal detoxification in particular. Right. Uh, things like mercury going from elevated to next to nothing very, very, very fast. Yeah, There's yeah. a very specific protocol though for people to follow. Uh, mm-hmm. So you don't just go and blow your brains out with ni- niacin yeah, and, then, yeah. and then hop into the sauna. There's a step-by-step protocol and I'll link to that in the show notes, of course, uh, so that people can check that out should they desire. What I think is amazing is that, that you know, this knowledge and this, these transformations are being actually shared to the public. I mean, you know, nowadays, if you want to detoxify, where well, you can go probably to like a professional detox clinic who's probably going to do like a similar protocol or maybe slightly different. And you might get the result or results, I might not get the results. But I think with this group, although you obviously don't have access to the saunas for free uh, most of the time, niacin is not an expensive product. And, you know, no. you're following this routine. If it really helps you, it's, it can be a life changer. And that's what you read in this group, you know, over and over again, that it's actually worked for people, despite the fact that it was obviously hard because, you know, people have to detoxify. But I think that itself is is something to be grateful for, that you have these resources and these groups out there that share the knowledge, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, the democratization of information is just like such a powerful thing. And so mm-hmm. now we can all... And it would be even better if academic research was widely available, but we can all access a lot of these studies and exactly. be able to make our own informed decisions because it is your body after all. I agree. I just went down a wormhole there. Um, <laughs> right. We should let's 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 back out and talk about Clearlight because uh, look, my parents have one. I love it, and cool. you know I'm going to have one soonish. You and I should talk about that. Yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. but. One of the things that is key for all of us kind of health optimizing types yeah. when we look at saunas and so evaluating different saunas is sort of how, first off, is there any good framework to evaluate a sauna and the quality of it? There is, but I think it's quite, unfortunately, this whole, whole industry is very intransparent. And I think you and I, we were chatting about that before. Whereas, you know, there's a lot of misclaims to be made, which is why it's getting frustrating for potential customers or customers to really making an educated decision. So um, what we've done is we created a buying guide, and you know, the infrared sauna buying guide, which helps, which aims to help you ask the right questions when speaking with, with different manufacturers. Because 
so opinionated and everyone says, oh, we get the best technology, we get X, Y, Z, that, uh, you know, people actually get lost in the, in the quest of uh, finding a suitable internet, so, so to speak. So that will probably be my, be my thing. I, I'm, a, I'm German, so I'm a big fan of sort of uh, quality, which is yeah. why the, this whole warranty topic to me is, is quite important. And, you know, I think we've always had a lifetime warranty uh, for on the saunas. And that's, to me, itself speaks more than words, you know. The, mm-hmm. There's no, no explanation required here, um, but I think the other big thing is certainly heater technology, which I'm sure, which we can dive in. But I'm sure also uh, the you know the aspect of electromagnetic frequencies, electric yeah. fields, high radiation, Bluetooth, Wi-Fi, th- that sort of thing, because you know it's a real okay. thing with infrared saunas. We're gonna we're gonna break these down into pieces yeah. because um, you just went and sprayed the world with all the yeah. differences, and let's go into um, the. I think the first one you said was more about the electro, uh, essentially the panels on the inside. Yeah. Uh, talk to me a little bit about like the differentiator in panels, sure. because obviously that's a huge part of the experience. It is. You want yeah. to hear more about it? Yeah, I think. Um, I mean, basically, you can you can produce infrared saunas, uh, infrared heat, by heating up different elements in nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the most commonly one used uh, is probably ceramic. So, you know, everyone knows ceramic is fairly heat resistant. That's why, you know, ceramic, you know, pots and stuff are being burned in order to make sure that they actually last. Um, and, 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 and a ceramic rod is basically being heated. So you put electricity in, the material heats up, and then infrared is being you know, emitted from the material to the human body. Mm-hmm. Now, because it is a very heat-resistant material, it also takes a lot of energy to really heat up this material. So therefore, it's a rather intense, it's a really intense type of infrared um, that works great because it's intense, but it's also very narrow. So you don't really have ceramic plates, but you have thin tubes that have a really high concentrated output for only like a targeted um, a targeted section of your body, say your spine, for instance. That's what you'll always see. You see those spine heaters that is a, a you know, long tube. Mm-hmm. And that's been around for, oh, I believe, 25 years. And we actually, 10 years ago, we had ceramic tubes as our heaters because back then everyone was using ceramic. It was sort of the latest thing and everyone thought it was great. Then what came probably five, six years ago was carbon. So carbon is, uh, is, is basically carbon powder um, that is sort of being put on a, on a plate. So it's similar to you know, a piece of paper, just obviously a lot bigger. Uh, and you put electricity in and gradually it heats up because the plate is not as concentrated as ceramic. And this heat is more gentle. Uh, it's, you know, it's is more evenly distributed, I guess, across the plate. So if you're sitting in front of it, you have sort of an even heat exposure, not very centered. And then you have various other things. People say magnesium, which is you know very similar to uh, to ceramic. It's a thin rod that actually starts glowing. You have LEDs versus halogen. So it opens up this whole cosmos of, of different materials being used. And what we've developed... 10 years ago was actually uh, a unique combination of carbon and ceramic because obviously we did want to ensure that the sauna gets hot enough using this you know, ceramic, but we also wanted to ensure that it has an evenly distributed heat that is being absorbed nicely by the human body. We spoke about this 9.4 microns, yeah. which is a, a, a frequency that the human body has, and we wanted to generate that. Um, and 
you know, in terms of calculating that, the surface temperature of the heater determines the frequency of the infrared that is being exposed. So therefore, a ceramic heater that runs really, really hot, it probably has only a fraction of the far infrared and probably goes more into middle or near infrared because it's more intense. Mm-hmm. And therefore, around... Um, a couple of years ago, we developed this unique combination. We call it the True Wave. Uh, it's a marketing name, but it basically is a combination of carbon and ceramic. So you take a carbon plate, you spray ceramic powder into it so that it actually conducts heat a lot better. And this is our heater, which is now, I think, in the eighth generation. Um, mm-hmm. It has a patent because of electromagnetic uh, re- reductions that we've actually implemented. But part of our ethos at Clearlight is that it, it's not enough to just have a topical or like a spot treatment of an infrared sonar but it's a whole body treatment, which is why when you look in our cabins, you have a 360 heater placement of a sauna. So all around you, the leg, you know, upper body, left side, right side to the front, up until shoulder height, because, you know, heat on the head itself can cause stress, you know, it's from Ayurveda, but also I think most people know that if, mm-hmm. you, if your head is really hot, you actually get headaches and you feel, you feel dizzy and stressed. And that's why we've positioned our heaters uh, up to shoulder height maximum all around you to really ensure like a full body infrared experience. Amazing. Uh, the hypoallergenic wood, uh, first off, clearly, is it hypoallergenic wood? Yeah, we have we have three different woods. We have uh, Nordic spruce and basswood, which are hypoallergenic woods, but we also have cedar, which uh, is antibacterial and antifungal. Um, but, you know, if someone has an allergy to wood, they're more likely to get it from cedar. Got it. So it's it's got that more masculine sort of musky Ron Burgundy smell. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Which is beautiful. Okay. Most people love it for for yeah. these reasons, right? But um, yeah, if you just wanna if you just wanna double check, um, that's probably safest to get a hypoallergenic one. Okay. Okay. Now let's go down the EMF wormhole um, sure. because there are other companies out there that don't necessarily measure this very well, and as a result, you can. While doing your body good, you can actually be doing it a little bit of harm as well. How yeah. do you guys look at EMF slash EMR in your product? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's it's a major it's of major importance um, because it's it's pretty much everywhere. You know, similar to where toxins are everywhere. You that's have this ubiquitous, 5G. right? <laughs> yeah, you have this five five G stuff that's happening at the moment, which is scary. And obviously, if you look at the way an infrared sauna works, is well. You know, you have a you have a room like a closet or like a nice looking closet, pretty much, and you have heaters all around you, right? I've yeah. just talked talked about the benefits of having that, but it also means that there's electricity running all around you. And for everyone who sort of has looked into EMF and ELF, uh, EMF stands for electromagnetic frequencies, which is an electromagnetic field that actually builds up whenever a current or electricity is sort of running. And if you have these heaters all around you, well, it's pretty scary because you don't want to expose yourself to these high levels of radiation if you actually want to detoxify, de-stress, relax um, while being in the sauna, right? And I mm-hmm. think that's that's of major importance, um, which is why I think this whole industry now claims to have low EMF heaters or low EMF saunas, which uh, is probably true for some of them. Um, but I think around 10 years ago, actually, we started developing the heater uh, that we did. And part of this innovation that we actually brought to the table was the materials that I just spoke about, but also the fact that um, this heater itself has actually two sides. So for anyone who sort of remembers physics, um, you could actually neutralize an electromagnetic field if you have 
an electric magnetic field in the opposite direction, right? Okay. So if you look at the heater here and you know that electricity runs from here to there, well, on the back side of our heater, there's a heater the other way around with electricity flowing the other way so that these mm -hmm. electromagnetic fields neutralize each other. And that itself is quite simple, but it's also quite groundbreaking because it completely takes the EMF topic off the table, which is why I think when you take a Gauss meter, um, which is a device that is, you know, that you that you would use to measure that, the maximum spot readings that you would find on the heater directly are probably zero zero point five to one milligauss. Mm -hmm. um, that's for the far infrared heaters. And where you're actually sitting, we say it's a virtually zero EMF sauna because where you're sitting, you don't have any electromagnetic field radiation. That's amazing. It's Love pretty it. wild. It's it's pretty cool. And I guess just maybe to put that into a few comparisons in terms of numbers, the World Health Organization has defined the threshold of concern, everything above three milligauss. Mm -hmm. um, so everything above that, you know, you should sort of, try to not expose yourself too much too often. Um, some other mini sauna manufacturers, and what I've personally measured, was ways above 100 milligauss, right? So yeah. that's 30 times of what's actually recommended by the WHO. And if the World Health Organization actually has something on that, well, then you can be pretty sure that it's not just a hoax anymore, you know? Like, they, they're rather slow-moving body, but if they report on that, then something got to be true here. We should start telling people what's on their cell phones. <laughs> Big time, hey? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think the uh, other one is in terms of radiation, while I'm just on that, um, yeah. you know, what we call ELF, extremely low frequencies, or uh, high, you know, high radiation, which is emitted from Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Um, this is obviously also of concern. So ELF is uh, basically an electric field, uh, slightly different to uh, electromagnetic fields in terms of you know, how, it's being, how it's being created and the effects you know, the effects on the human body are not as thoroughly researched as EMF, but it's, it's all, it follows the same analogy, which is if you have high electricity, you also have a high electric fields. And therefore, I think we're the only manufacturer at the moment who actually has done something about it. That's what we call our saunas, low ELF saunas, because every heater has its grounding wire. You know, the wires are twisted. We use conduit wiring in order to reducing the, the extremely low frequency field, which I think is substantial. Um, in order to really ensure that your sauna is actually a safe space because, you know, and I, you, you can just measure it. You can just buy a Gauss meter probably for 30, 40 euro dollars on Amazon and mm -hmm. just measure it up and actually see whether your sauna, you know, that you've bought is safe or not because if it, you know, if it has high levels, then, you know, you don't have to necessarily get rid of it, but just be a little bit more aware of that and see whether you can maybe get like a, um, you know, a building expert in who might be able to reduce it or you might have to re reinvest in one. Yeah. Amazing, amazing. Uh, you guys are releasing a near-infrared add-on soon, right? Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, so the full-spectrum range and all the other ones have actually a near-infrared. We call it a full-spectrum heater. So this heater already has near, middle, and far infrared in one heater. It's a very intense unit. I think what you're referring to is a near-infrared red light therapy I always like yeah. to spell it out because I think it's so confusing with the different mm -hmm. types of, you know, light and infrared. Very true. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's actually launched in the US and we're just getting the first prototypes for Europe and Australia, which is where sort of what our main market activities are. Um, but the effect that you are actually using with this new device is called photobiomodulation, which uh, increases the ATP production inside your cells. So basically charges your cells and it's you know it's not a gimmick 
treatment or anything. I think there are more than 500 or 600 studies out there that really show that this stuff works for muscle recovery, thyroid activation, anti-aging, you know, men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, you have, you know, slowed down testosterone production. Um, you know, for them, it really works quite, quite effectively. And I think overall, with the approach that we're taking, we're trying to make the sauna your health space. It's not just a sauna anymore, but it allows you to combine different health treatments into one device. You know, whether you want to meditate while you're in your sauna, whether you want to work on this red light knee infrared therapy uh, and work on photobiomodulation, you know, we're bringing out a salt add-on that sort of, uh, you know, grinds down um, salt into really fine particles in order to be, you know, I guess in order for you to breathe them in and sort of work on your lung health, right? And I think you can spin this endlessly when you think about synergetic effects in your sauna and just, you know, really making this your number one priority for your health. Now, vitamin D and grounding is important, like no interest in sort of, you know, uh, for for people not to go out anymore. But if you can think about the synergies that you've had with a smartphone, you know, tablet and notes section, email and stuff, it's pretty powerful. And I think that's sort of our approach at the moment is like, how can we actually bring more people and uh, more value to the people that use a sauna and sort of really want to do something on your health without having to uh, go to the gym, then the sauna, then the massage and the meditation, sort of bringing it all together. The sauna as your health space. I think that's a, a brilliant place to leave off and transition more into those those final six rapid fire questions, Johannes. Great. I mean, look, the first one, this is just like a softball for you. How do you yeah. unwind? Uh, for me, it's actually cooking. So okay. I, re- I really like this r- ritual of taking time to prepare my food uh, oh. and yoga. I'm a Very big cool. advocate of yoga. Excellent. What kind of yoga? Yin yoga. I'm doing my training uh, in June this year. So, uh, and I think in some way it's more, it's also meditation as well, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's a yoga practice. It's not a complete yoga practice because you need that yang element. Um, mm-hmm. But it's, I, I've heard this quote that says, uh, yin is uh, medicine for the modern world. Yeah, I, I like yin yoga a lot as well. Just yeah. the fact that you can hold poses for minutes on end is amazing. Yeah, big, uh, yeah. Favorite piece of technology which you've purchased in the past year? Well, I haven't purchased the red light therapy, but I think that comes pretty close to that. Um, mm. Alternatively, I would call my aura ring. Okay. Uh, what book has significantly impacted you and your how you show up to performing your life? Really good question. Uh, there are quite a few, actually. I think a couple of years ago, it was certainly... Um, it was certainly, uh, what was his name again? German, German author living in Canada. Very big on spiritual books. Oh. You're going to throw out there that I'm not, somebody I'm not going to know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Power of Now, that was it. The Power oh, of Now. Oh, Eckhart Tolle. Eckhart Tolle. I think that was certainly for me my spiritual awakening. And mm-hmm. then uh, I think the other one was from Mark Manson, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Yeah. Love those two. Yeah. Uh, both interesting approaches to a similar goal. Yeah. Uh, favorite holiday or vacation destination? Ooh, I would probably call spend it, a lot of time in Australia. I do, and I think it always it always you know really gets me down. Like uh, this really grounds me. It's it's going to be Australia or South Africa. Yeah. Okay. 
And then uh, everything with sun, water, and just easygoing vibes. That's probably does the trick for me. Yeah, you and I live in this part of the world where know, you know sun <laughs> is just just absent for one or what is it five sixths of the year. It's crazy. Yeah. But okay, uh, what's your best trick for enhancing your productivity? Uh, have you heard of the Pomodoro technique? Yeah, love yeah. it. Yeah, I think that's certainly for me. I, I get such a busy job with all these people management, notifications, WhatsApp, phone calls, Skype, that if I don't limit myself to you know to these different notifica- notifications and just rushing through the day, I end up feeling exhausted because I haven't done any proactive work. Yeah. Therefore, I just have to reduce my exposure to being pulled into different directions. So therefore, yeah, yeah definitely Pomodoro Technique. Excellent. And where can people find out more about you? Um, we are actually online. I mean, various platforms. I think LinkedIn is certainly one. Uh, mm-hmm. We get the websites up and running for uh, UK, Europe, Germany, Australia, New Zealand. Um, and I think the next big fun project is uh, going to be the Sauna Show podcast, uh, which we're launching very shortly. So Boom. Sauna yeah, Show podcast. I'm looking forward to that one. Exactly. Because we've just figured there's no one really you know, in that space. I mean, Rhonda Patrick is, and she's amazing. So one of the goals would certainly be to get her on the podcast. Um, of course. I think generally this topic, and as we, you know, the, the journey that we've had was really highlighting that there's a lot of research to be done and a lot of really smart people to be interviewed on that topic. Yeah, and there's certainly like, this is where I find N of one experimentation to be very interesting. There's a lot of people doing some fascinating stuff out there that I kind of look at and say like, okay, you know, maybe 20% of the time it looks like something that could actually work, but yep. it's worth checking out. As I it agree. Is. Awesome, I agree. man. So the show notes for this one, guys, are going to be at decodingsuperhuman.com slash clearlight. Johannes, my friend, it's fun to get to record with you and I look forward to doing it soon in the future. Yay. Thank you so much for having me, Boomer. It was a big pleasure and look forward to the future. Excellent. To all the superhumans listening out there, have an absolutely epic day. All right. Did you guys get something out of that one? I love Johannes's engineering background because I get to pick his brain on how the whole EMF situation with Clearlight specifically works. And that, to me, was one of the key selling factors when I looked at it for my parents. But it's a very different sauna from some of the other popular ones marketed out there, mainly due to that, but also because of so many factors that we went into on today's podcast. If you want to check out that sauna, you can head on over to Clearlight International's website and use the code BOOMER for a discount. But if you enjoyed this episode, if you got anything out of it, whether it be a quote, a simple to do, something useful, whether it be about finished saunas, etc., share it on the social medias and tag me at Decoding Superhuman. I love hearing from you guys. Have an absolutely epic day and remember, choose health.